Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Anna David is the author of Party Girl, a novel. Anna is the New York Times bestselling author of two novels and six nonfiction books. She has been published in the New York Times, Time, LA Times, Vanity Fair, Playboy, Vice, Cosmo, The Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and Salon, among many others. She's been written about in Forbes, Martha Stewart Living, Entrepreneur, Allure, and Women's Health, and has appeared repeatedly on Today, The Talk, Good Morning America, and numerous other programs. She has been a featured speaker at three different TEDx events, and her company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and publishes books for thought leaders. Legacy Launchpad recently relaunched David's first book, Party Girl, which is being developed into a movie by an Oscar-winning producing team. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Party Girl and your whole career. Thank you. So this is like bucket list level being on your show. And I am not just saying that. I'm so excited to be here. That's so, that's so nice. Well, now I'm worried I'm going to disappoint you or something. But <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> Why don't we start by you telling listeners what Party Girl is about? 
Okay. So Party Girl is a novel about a wild and crazy girl who gets a job documenting her wild and crazy life right when she gets sober. So she has to create this persona based on who she used to be. And it came out in 2007 uh, through HarperCollins. And then I got the rights back and I re-released it in September of 2020 myself. Wow. So what, what propelled that? Oh God, it's very complicated. I basically, I did six books traditionally. I was all about traditional publishing. I was a total snob about anybody who didn't do traditional. And then I just had my heart broken over and over again. For instance, Party Girl, the HarperCollins version is published under humorous science fiction on Amazon. Now I've been called many things, but never been accused of being a science fiction writer. And it's like, I just, Party Girl did come out right when Judith Regan was let go from Harper. And so the whole division erupted and people talk in publishing about how they get orphaned when their editor leaves. I I always say it's like I was orphaned and the orphanage was then burned to the ground because there was no one there. And I didn't understand what was happening and then, so I had a very, dis, there was there were all these high hopes. They paid me a great advance. They were doing all of these things. And then suddenly there was nothing. And there was, there was a lot of, there were a lot of offers for the movie rights, but that's a whole other thing. And then just nothing happened. And then suddenly in the last couple of years, Quitlet is this whole thing. And people are being heralded for writing books about, you know, addiction and recovery. And I just sort of felt like I want to, I, I want my book to get the release I always wanted it to get. And I am very high standard, so I better do it myself. So that's wow. what I did. So how, well, now this is so interesting. I mean, now as a publisher, I'm like super interested in this too. So I'm going to just like keep going. What did you feel you could do? What did you do differently and better yourself? Well, I would say traditional publishing is a little slow to accept how things evolve and not in the trenches. Every day, something changes about the best way to do it. And I'm so obsessed with it. I'm actively in there. Like, what actually helps your searchability on Amazon? What is the most effective way to get in bookstores? All of these things. And so, you know, I know you know the stories about people who are traditionally published and are very disappointed by what they feel is a lack of support. You know about, you know, that is something that is common among anyone I know who's not a massively best-selling author. And most of us are not massively best-selling authors. And my friend Jennifer Armstrong talks about it like she did have a, a, a book hit the New York Times list and she's described it as, you know, the publisher's like, oh, we're doing all of these things and we're doing, and then, and then this inner sanctum opens up when you actually hit the New York Times list and you're like, okay, now I'm having the real meetings where they're really behind me. And it's not that publishers are terrible people or don't want to encourage people. It's a business. And they've got to put their resources behind those things they know are hits. The problem is it's creative. So we all get our hopes up and think it's going to be different for us and we're going to get all that support. But, you know, publishers have limited resources, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so go back because I feel like we're lacking the context for all of this because you've written many books and done such cool stuff. So go back to the beginning for a minute. Like, where did you grow up? Like, where? how did we get here? Give me the whole background on you. 
Okay. We got here. So I'm, I'm from Marin County in Northern California and I went to college and I majored in in literary writing, they called it. And I did it because I was kind of a screw up and it sounded really easy and there were no exams. But <laughs> but like, I also, writing is all I ever knew how to do well, or that's, that's how I felt. And I loved writing fiction and I loved reading. And, and people kind of explained to me that there was no real career in this, but I didn't really listen. And and back then, this was the 90s, so magazines were, you know, you could absolutely make a great living writing for magazines. And so I just dove into that, and I worked at a bunch of magazines, first in New York, then in San Francisco, then in L.A., and they were entertainment magazines. It was People and Premiere and Us Weekly. And basically what happened is I literally, I was sitting in someone's office and he point, he pulled a book off his shelf and he said, so-and-so wrote this book, a person I knew. And I thought, this is so obnoxious. I'm smarter than her. If she can do this, I can do this. It had never really crossed my mind that my life would be any bigger than like doing write around pieces on JLo. Like that's what I thought I was going to do. And so I thought I could do this. And what had happened to me is after this lifetime of being a party girl, I got sober and I got hired at Premier Magazine to do a column called Party Girl. And I was going to premieres and the Oscars and all of these things, acting this part of this party girl. And so I thought that is a really funny, great concept for a novel. And I chose to do a novel and not a memoir, which is a decision that part of me really regrets because when people talk about recovery, quit lit, all of this stuff, it never really gets included because it doesn't seem like that. But my whole thing is with recovery memoirs, I love them when they're a complete screw up and then they get sober and I get really bored. And one of the great discoveries I made in recovery is how fun and funny it is. And I wanted a book that showed that, that didn't make the recovery part boring. And so, yeah, so I did that. And then I continued to get book deals with Harper. They sort of, they they felt badly that, that, I had gotten very neglected. My book had gotten very like it was it was released under this sort of fake imprint that that Harper made up and and then it's listed under something else. I mean, it's a total disaster. And so I I just did book after book. I did four books with them and and every time I would get my hopes up and I would be like I'm going to be the lead title the, and and I liken it to it's like you wrote and produced and starred in and directed a movie and you had the studio behind you. And then the day the, the movie comes out, like no one's returning your calls. And you're like, but I thought we were doing this. Together. You funded this. And, and, and that's sort of what it felt like over and over. So, wow. so what were all the other books were about? So I did another novel. What happened is when my agent and I were going in to meet with Regan books and, and the story of its selling is kind of great because I had been working on it and I didn't have an agent and I was writing a lot for magazines. And in this, so I get this email from this guy and he's like, I'm an agent. I think your writing is really funny. If you ever have a book you want to do, I hope you'll think of me. And I said, I have a book. I just finished it. This is so amazing. And he said, great, send it to me. I send it to him. He said, I want to sign you. 
and I'm going to be in LA. And so I'm literally going to go to lunch with this guy and I get an email from someone else that says, I'm an agent in New York. I think your writing is really good. I hope you'll think of me if you have a book. I write her back and I say, that's so funny. I'm, I'm signing with an agent today, literally in an hour. And she said, okay, do me a favor, send me your book. And if I don't like it, you got no issue. If I like it, you need to give me a shot. So don't sign anything today. And so I go and I meet with this guy and I said, I know he brought papers and I'm like, look, I'm not signing. And he was not, he was super weirded out about it. And he's like, I've already shown people your book, which you shouldn't have done. And then she, Pilar is her name, called me the next day and she's like, I can sell this. And so I went with her and it was a just completely magical experience where she said to me, she was, she's so smart. She's now an agent at UTA. And she said, oh, you do. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She is literally a queen. And she said, okay, she goes, I'm going to sell it at auction, which just means I'm going to send it out to everyone and lie and say, you're coming to New York in three days. So they have to read it right now or they'll miss a shot to meet with you. And if no one likes it, you don't have to come to New York if you do, you're buying a ticket. And they liked it. So I came to New York and we had meetings that week. Oh my gosh. So you sold it. So it ended up selling at auction. Yes. Well, okay. I'll tell you the the reality is only two were interested in the end. And then one offer was so bad that we just, Regan was my first choice. Got it. So I was, I was thrilled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. What a story. This is crazy. (laughs) I know. And so like, I don't know. It's like this thing where, you know, I, I don't know if it's just like having an ego or whatever, but I'm like, oh yeah this was meant to be. I'm going to have the Cinderella story. And then it's like the ball ended and midnight struck. So, you know, I'm so grateful I had that experience, but it really wasn't in the end what I wanted. But then Party Girl came back out again during the pandemic. Yes. And what happened is there's been a lot of development in terms of the movie. And so... Basically, I was starting to realize that that I really think the movie's going to happen and I wanted to own the rights rather than having it be complicated with Harper. And, and so I'm actually still at Inkwell, the agency I was that Pilar was at, and I'm with her mentor. Her former mentor is now my agent. It's all very circuitous and great. But yes, so I, I, and it's not like it sold a million copies, but I got the cover I wanted. I got to launch it how I wanted and I get to develop the movie. I wrote the screenplay. So that's Oh my gosh. That is so cool. So you already have, what did you have production company and all that? Like, well, you know, like Hollywood is its own monster. What we have, there's a lot of producers attached at this point and we do have we, what we have is the funding to make an offer to an actress. And then once we have an actress that they know can sell tickets overseas, we can go get the rest of the money. So that's where we're at. We're still looking at directors, but I'm so excited. It was, I don't love everything I write and I loved the book and I love the script. Wait, so whatever happened to the person who wrote the book and you were like, I'm smarter than her? 
<laughs> she's always kind of a step ahead of me. I haven't talked to her in a long, long time, but she's super successful she too. Is? And I, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I mean, and I'm really grateful to her for showing me, you know, I think a, a lot of us have that thing where it's like, who am I to think I could write a book? And I'm now always telling people, who are you not to? I didn't understand that I could kind of own that desire. It just sort of seemed like a dream for someone else. And that's why I encourage everyone. I think everyone's got a book in them. I don't think everyone should write the book themselves, but I think everyone's got a book in them. You think they should get ghostwriters? Depends. This is what I, you know, a writer to me is someone who writes every day a lot of the day and has for many years. So what I tell people is if you don't do that, then somebody who does do that is going to do a better job than you. So it's really about, do you want the experience of of writing a book or do you want the best book you can have? And, you know, people land on different sides of that. Interesting. No, it's true. I mean, the more you practice anything, the better, the better you'll get. Yes. But you can't, no matter how much you work, if you have no talent at writing, it it will still be a challenge for you. <laughs> it's true. But the best writers I know are the ones who do it the most. Yeah. They, you, you know, I have a writing group that I started during the pandemic that's still going. It's called The Inner Circle. And they log on every day at 10 a.m. Pacific time to write. One of my team members manages it. And when we started and I started to read their stuff, I was like, mm, you know, it's good. They have a dream. A year later, <laughs> a year later, they are really good. They're not getting taught. They're just doing it every day. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing. Wow. That is amazing. And it's such a good reminder and lesson. Also, chances are the people who are writing every day enjoy it the most. I mean, maybe not, but like if you find yourself writing every day for years, you probably don't mind it or you have nothing else that you can do at all. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really fun for some of us and really hellish for others. And so let's, I would assume, you know, it's not always that like what we're good at. Right. We're also, we also love, but (laughs) you know, it can happen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. But, oh, wait, I want to tell you, too, about the movie thing. I have this new side thing, which is the Hollywood Book Directory. And what I'm doing is I'm connecting indie authors with Hollywood producers. Okay, tell me everything about this. Okay, so, you know, basically, there have never been more TV shows that are being made from books, ever. And so everybody wants IP and intellectual property, whatever. Yes. And so the problem is that they mostly are getting the same material that's like CAA is sending out some number one New York Times bestselling book and they're all fighting for it when books like The Martian and the new Andy Weir book are, are being adapted and made into huge hit movies, Fifty Shades of Grey. And, and so I thought... Indie authors have no way of of getting this stuff, you know, getting their material in front of the right people. And Hollywood people have no ability to to find these indie authors. So since I know both, I've lived in L.A. since 1996, I figured I could connect them. So I've just created, it's very beta right now, but basically writers, the authors pay a, a monthly membership And I have committee members, you know, sort of good Hollywood people with wonderful credits and and all of the things who regularly look through it and look at the material. And if they want an introduction, I've got nothing to do. I've got no back end or anything. It's just simply an introduction service. Wow. That's really interesting. No, because a lot of producers have been asking me for things about the books. And I've actually had some of my things optioned, some of the books that I've had on optioned because I my anyway. Maybe this is a conversation for another time. But anyway, but so I have this whole list because I was asking a bunch of the authors in my Facebook group for authors who have been on my podcast, like, does anybody have, does anybody still have options available for your books that you'd want me to help with? So I've been like sending out this little packet of all these pitches essentially to a couple of different places and each, you know, place would take one and then say, okay, I'm good now. And I don't know. So I've been like kind of casually doing that. Again, no back end for me either. Just like I'm trying to matchmake, essentially. Exactly. Well, we should talk. We should talk. Yeah. I think it. You know what a what a gift to help both sides that really could use each other. Totally, and I totally agree with you too that some of the best books that make fabulous movies people overlook because they don't know the author or you know, it didn't do that well or something, but it doesn't matter. Maybe it didn't do well because of timing. Maybe it didn't have the right cover. Maybe, I mean, there are like a million reasons why a book that should have done well didn't particularly do well, but that doesn't mean it makes any less of a good movie. So. Yeah. And very, you know, books are the most undemocratic. Publishing is still like, it's like you either rise to the very top or no one's heard of it. If there's really, (laughs) there's really not a, you know, so-called middle class in in books. The midlist author has really disappeared, I think. Interesting. Did you know I started a publishing company called Zibby Books? I did. Oh, okay. I did. <laughs> and and it's part of the big five. It's a division of no. Mm-mm. No. No. I just did it. I'm doing I just we are an independent publishing company. So we get to do it however we want. So I basically took all the feedback of all the authors I've had like 950 authors on the show or something. And everybody was saying a lot of the same things, similar to some of the things you were saying that I felt like structurally were difficult for publishers to address because they're big companies, right? And getting bigger and bigger and aggregating. So finally I was like, well, maybe I can do something about this. 
So we have our own little publishing house, and I co-founded it with Lee Newman, and we're working with Anne Massetti from Viking and Anchor, who actually found Fifty Shades of Grey and launched that whole thing. And we've acquired 11 books, and yeah, it's really awesome and fun. How many are you planning to release a year? We want to do 12 a year, one a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we want to we want to get readers like all the books they would need in a year. So we want to vary it up, like not have two. Like we want to have it be like, here, read this. Not that we don't want people reading other books. Of course, people are going to read other publishers' books. And, you know, we love that. And I love all these other authors just because I can't buy their books. You know, they're still amazing. But for our list, at least, we want like a well-rounded year of reading, which is complicated. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's what we're tra- that's what we're shooting for. So... I know that you have Shoshana, I can't remember yes, her last yes, name. Yes, yes, Shoshana Grace. Yeah. Wasn't that your first acquisition? Or- one, yeah, one of them. And that's because I'm like, you should write a book. That's like my favorite thing to say. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, and when you can follow it with let me publish it, it's the, their favorite thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I can't say it very much, but you know. Yeah. It's because we're doing fiction and memoir. But anyway, it sounds like we have a lot of the same sort of thoughts and everything. And you're a big proponent of the indie bookstore. That is a big passion of yours. It is. How is 22 in 22 going? Are you you getting... Great. Thank you for asking. I was supposed to be interviewing you, but yes, it's going great. It's actually had... it's, It's yielding like more benefits than I even envisioned when I started it. So... I randomly had the idea to do this as I was on a team marketing call, like out walking the dog and on the phone, like about to go to school pickup. And I was like, hey, what if we did this? And now we have all these bookstores who are like, we want to partner with you. And it's amazing. And then we give them social media slides and everything. And and we're trying to find more ways to partner with the bookstores. And then all these readers are going out and then they're posting about each one. And now I have just started a Facebook group for the people who are going most regularly. And now that's like this super active Facebook group. And I don't know, it's just very cool to see where this is going to go. I don't know. I'm just like throwing it out into the universe and seeing what happens. It's so good. And we're at Legacy Launchpad, my company is Yes, one tell of the me partners. about that. Yes. Well, okay. I'm going to confess I haven't been to an indie bookstore and it was January. So I have to make up for, okay. you know, but, but what I, what I like about it is it's so doable. It's not like one of those challenges where it's like, you have to, you know, fast for 10 days or something like that. It's like, this will bring something delightful to your life. And everybody, I think, no matter what city they're in, has a favorite indie bookstore. Mine's Book Soup. I love Book Soup. I used to live like right there in West Hollywood. Oh, you did? Back in the day, yes. I was there after college for a couple of years. So yeah, that was my bookstore. I'd like walk there all the time. Oh, good. Yeah. I also love Diesel. I'm not a West Side person. I don't, so I don't think I've even ever been. But the last bookstore. You've never been to the West Side of LA? No, I've never been to the Diesel bookstore. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's impressive for somebody who's lived in LA since the 90s. Barely. I mean, I definitely go to indie bookstores a lot more often than I go to the West Side. But the the last bookstore downtown is epic. That's an experience. Yes. Yes. Wait, okay. Tell me more about Legacy Launchpad. So I started it in 2017. And so what happened is one of the, so I co-wrote, I ghost wrote a book for this actor and we got a deal with Simon & Schuster and that book became a New York Times bestseller. And because of that, people kept coming to me and saying, will you write my story? Will you write my book? And it was a very challenging experience, mostly because of the person I was doing it for, not because ghostwriting is an unpleasant activity, but it took it out of me. I was just like, you know what? 
no, I can't. And one person, a sports agent named Darren Prince was just insistent. He just wouldn't go away. And he's like, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And I kept saying no. And finally he said, could you edit it? And I'm like, okay, I could ask a friend to write it and I'll edit. He goes, as long as you're involved, I'm in. And so, so I, I hire somebody to write the book. I edit it. Darren says, I love it. Now you have to publish it. And as you know, piecing these pieces together, I was like, well, I don't know how to do that. And he said, that's okay. I'll pay you to learn. And so I learned and we published his book and it, so, and it became a hit not in book sales. It was a hit for him. He got this like six-figure spokesperson deal. He launched this massive speaking career. He optioned the rights to Lionsgate. And it just kind of went on and on. And he got on all the shows and he's a really good networker. So that that helped (laughs) a lot. And so I did that. And then this woman, Emily Lynn Paulson came along and, and said, and wanted a book too. I hired the same person to write it. I edited it. And she did the same thing. And now she's like quoted in the New York Times. They're both, they both wanted to be recovery advocates. And because I'm sober, you know, so long and have written all these books about recovery, a lot of those people come to me. And she did the same thing. She's got this huge coaching business. She's on the Today Show. And I started, they taught me what a book could do for somebody. And I just thought, they're the ones with their life experience. Ghostwriting isn't knocking them. It's saying, you don't really have time to to learn how to do this and extract your life experience. So I've got professional writers who write for the New York Times and do all these things, and they can interview you and write the book. And so now we've released about 25 books and we have you know about 20 scheduled to come out. And we never advertise, we've never promoted. It's just been a constant word of mouth thing. I have a really small team where we don't work with everyone who contacts us because my thing too is, is it's an expensive and it's an investment. And if you're not going to earn back like 10 times what you pay us, I don't think you're a good client for us. And you're never going to earn it through book sales. You're going to make like a couple thousand through book sales, but through your business that, that backs it up, it can be the best investment you make. That's amazing. So cool. And, it's not for fiction, of course, even though ironically, like Party Girl is the thing that got me on all these TV shows and got me TEDx talks and all of these things. But it's it's much harder and it's much harder with a memoir to build a business on it. But Darren Prince and Emily Lynn Paulson both did it. So, and, and plenty of our other clients now. That's so cool. So how many do you do a year? That's a great question. It kind of depends. I just keep adding team members because (laughs) I don't want to say no. We're doing about one and a half a month. So, you know, about 15, but I just, it's really, it's hard. And I know you get this to scale and keep quality. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So that's something there are, you know, we have competitors who are just real book factories and follow a formula and, and, don't care that much about quality. And I do, you know. So who who are some of your main competitors? There's a, a company called Scribe mm-hmm. out of Austin, Texas. And, and they're not really a competitor because they dwarf us. Like they are, they've released thousands yeah. of books. There are, it's every day I hear about somebody else or another company. And that just tells me I'm in a really good business that there are so many companies popping up that do this. That's amazing. I absolutely love this. So cool. Amazing. 
and your legacy lunch fed, your whole thing is like, give us 20 hours. I'm looking at your site. Give us 20 hours of your time and we'll give you a book that's indistinguishable from a traditionally published New York Times bestseller. So how how do you do that? Well, you know, my, a lot of my team, just like me, comes from the traditional publishing world. And I, I just, I think, you know, I use the best cover designers, the best editors, the best layout people, and, and it is indistinguishable. And, and the thing is a lot of people will, will say that they want to sell a book traditionally because they want mainstream media and they want to get in bookstores. And I know that I really wanted to get on Good Morning America for all six of my traditionally published books and they weren't interested. And with the one I published myself, I went on and had a five minute segment and nobody cares about the publisher. It's different. Your imprint's different because people know who you are and you're this book person. So of course it will be different. And it's not like it's the, you know, monolithic, you know, some division of HarperCollins that no one's heard of. It's, you know, I interviewed James Daunt, the CEO of Barnes & Noble last two weeks ago, and he said, no one cares about who the publisher is. And Barnes and Noble used to be all paved for play. Like all the books were publishers paid for them. And now they're locally curated. The people in Nebraska who work there decide. And I've gotten my books in, in Barnes and Noble by just walking in and asking. And so I have a lot of my clients. It's it, Whereas my traditionally published books are not there. Hmm. You know? Very interesting. Changing tide. Well, this is like barely a podcast. I feel like we just like talked shop for like the whole time, which I love. So I hope people listening think this is as fascinating as I do. <laughs> but it's so cool. I mean, you're, I don't know. It's just very cool how you did this and how you came at it. And yeah. And and the novel too, which we barely talked about, was fabulous. And especially the like sort of hitting bottom moment and, you know, ending up in the, you know, the whole thing. Anyway, so Thank you so much for coming on. I hope we continue this conversation. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if you want to talk about the bridging Hollywood and publishing. Or yeah, that'd anything, be cool too. Yeah. I would love it. So yeah, this is truly an honor. So thank well, you. Well, we're in LA a lot. So we'll, we'll meet up. I would love it. With Murphy. We have mutual friends. Yes. yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Sibby. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.